Good morning, family. Thank you so much for everything that you have done again to be with us and to join us online today. Thank you, Philip, for that beautiful song. I don't know if you recognized him with his new buzz cut, but that was Philip Warder that was singing and preparing that song for us for our Easter service today. Well, you know, one of the words of my generation was wow. Whenever we would see something that just kind of took our breath away, you could hear, especially folks from my generation, just go, wow, how cool is that? And so this morning, I'd like to kind of focus upon that word this morning, wow, because what we typically say on Easter Sunday morning is, <clears throat> Christ is risen. And maybe you've just always kind of said that on Easter Sunday morning, or maybe you come from a liturgical tradition where it's said a little more frequently than what we would say it around here at Woodland, but Today, I'd like you to think about that word, wow, for just a moment. And if you would, imagine, just imagine with me that you and I lived 2,000 years ago, and we met this young preacher named Jesus. And imagine listening to Jesus teach. Nobody had ever taught the way Jesus taught. No one that we ever knew lived the way that Jesus lived. No one that we knew ever loved the way Jesus loved. And no one that we ever knew ever did the amazing things that Jesus did. And so when you and I would meet at a Jerusalem Starbucks and we would talk about Jesus and we would talk about his love, we would go, wow, have you ever heard or seen anybody love like that? Or when we talked about one of his miracles, maybe you'd say, have you ever seen anybody do what Jesus did? And you just go, Wow, and that's what the crowds were doing. That's what even the, the leaders of the Hebrew nation and the Romans were doing that knew about Jesus. We're told about Roman centurions. We're told about kings. We're told about prefects. We're told about all these folks that were just simply going about Jesus Christ. They were going, wow. And you found yourself, you wanted to be a follower of Jesus Christ. As a matter of fact, you wanted to be his follower so bad that as some of the disciples said, they left everything in order to follow Jesus Christ. And you went with him, you lived with him, you, you itinerated with him. And in those days, maybe you were camping out together. And every day was just a wow moment. And for a while, being with Jesus was the coolest thing ever. I mean, you saw the multitudes fed. You saw sick children healed. You saw lepers healed. You saw blind people healed. You saw all of these amazing things. You saw folks who had been so tormented and so bound up that they were chained to keep them from hurting themselves and hurting other people. And then Jesus would heal them and put them in their right minds. I remember years ago, I had an opportunity to to have an interview with the press secretary for one of the prime ministers of Israel. And we were actually sitting at the, at the, the Wailing Wall, what we as Christians call the Wailing Wall, and, and the, is a part of the Herod's Temple. And you've seen it on the news where people go and they pray and they press their little prayer request into the crevices there and the cracks upon the wall, of the wall. Well, he and I were talking, and I asked him, I said, what do you think made Jesus such a popular preacher? Why do you think so many people followed him and the church was born? And I'll never forget his reply to me. He said, who would not have been amazed? Who would not have been just taken aback by the amazing things that Jesus did and also the things that he taught? 
Well, just imagine 2,000 years ago, you and I were following him, we were walking with him, and then on one Sunday morning, we made this triumphant entry into Jerusalem, and children were waving palm branches, people were shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, and you're with him at that moment. But after that day, everything just kind of went haywire. Everything just kind of blew up. And by that Friday, on Sunday, Jesus is being celebrated as a hero. The people wanted to make him king. And by that Friday, he had been crucified. He died upon a cross, and he was buried in a borrowed tomb. On that Saturday, you mourn because it seemed like everything had been lost. You had left everything to follow after this Lord and this one that you confessed as the Messiah. And he's dead. His body is in a tomb. And it's a Sabbath day, so you have to wait. And, and you get up on a Sunday morning, this morning, over 2,000 years ago, what we call Easter, a resurrection day. You get up and you're going to the tomb and when you get to the tomb, you find the stone has been rolled away, this massive rock. The Roman guards that had been posted there to guard the tomb, the Roman guards had fled. And when you arrive, there's an angel saying, he is not here. He has risen just like he said he would. Wow. Wow. It's the only word I can think of. I mean, I know it's not a religious word, but for me, it still expresses that once-in-a-lifetime moment, that seismic shaking moment in life, that, that that happens when suddenly you're just taken aback and you realize something amazing has just happened. And you stop and you think about it. When you have a wow moment, you go, I didn't see that coming. When you have a wow moment, that means something so spectacular has happened that it changes everything. I remember walking out of my wife's father's office and seeing my wife then my that wasn't even dating yet, but she was sitting there at a piano. I can still tell you what she was wearing. She was wearing a green dress. She was playing, and that blonde hair was laying on her shoulder, and her head was kind of cocked to the side like this. And I walked out of the office, and I went, Wow. Wow, I mean, that was a life-changing moment for me. I knew at that very moment my life was about to change. I remember when they, they brought our firstborn son to us, Andrew, and they put him in my arms. I was like, wow, I just, it was a life-changing moment. I remember when we moved to Michigan years ago, and I'm from the south, and so I'm used to seeing water and there's a river that flows through my hometown that's almost red all the time because of its uh, clay content. But we went to Mackinac City our first summer, and I saw the great lakes and all of the summertime beauty and all that clear water, and I just went, wow, this is all fresh water. And I called my father, and I called friends of mine just going, wow, you wouldn't believe this. And, of course, people who lived up here took it for granted, but for my family and me to know that the Great Lakes contained that much fresh water, it was a wow moment for us. You see, the universe is really filled with wows because the universe is a wow moment. At some point in time, 
God spoke and He created the universe. If, if it was like that big bang, at one moment there was nothing and then suddenly light and energy and matter sprang forth as God created this world. It's why I want to say today when I think about the resurrection of Jesus as I lay in my bed early this morning, I thought, wow, Christ is risen. He's risen indeed. Look at the person sitting next to you on the sofa or in the family room with you there and just say, wow, right now, would you? You see, the point of the matter is Easter really happened. Easter really happened. It's a historical reality. There's this thing that goes around from time to time that I read about where people say, okay, I'll give you that Jesus lived. I'll give you that Jesus taught, but come on. Jesus rose from the dead. I, I read this 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 theory called the swoon theory when I was studying for the ministry. And I remember reading about that and my professor standing up there and says, for the people who believe in the swoon theory, let's take them and let's tie them up the way Jesus would have been tied up. Let's beat them with a Roman cat of nine tails. It was a leather braid with bits of bone and stone braided into it. And Each one of those whips would have had several lashes coming off of it. And then let's beat them 39 times with that whip and imagine the blood loss. And then after we've beaten them for 39 times and people have mocked him and hit him with their fist and they've driven a crown of thorns upon his head and he drags his heavy timber up a hill to be crucified upon and his hands and feet have been nailed to a cross and he hangs suspended for three hours Let's see if they swoon or if they die. I think everyone in their right mind knows that Jesus didn't swoon. Jesus didn't just go to sleep. Jesus Christ died for our sins. Easter really happened. Not only did he die, but on the third day, Christ rose again. Jesus was more than just a man. He was a man, but he was the Son of God, the incarnate Son of God. My dad used to enjoy watching. As a matter of fact, I can still hear the music for it. He used to enjoy watching a local news program on our black and white, <coughs> pardon me, television set called Eyewitness News. Well, the Gospels are eyewitness stories. When you go through Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and John, when you read the book of Acts, you read all of these eyewitness accounts. And these were very important to historians at that day that took their history for granted. Unlike a lot of other history books that were really written to make a leader look good, the Bible shows us the warts, it shows us the flaws, it shows us the foibles of, of its heroes, but it also shows us the eyewitness stories of someone without any flaws, and that was Jesus Christ. It shows us the eyewitness stories because at that time they were still alive and you could go and ask them. These were people that had experiences with Jesus. These were people who participated in the life and the moments of Jesus' life. These were people who not only had experience and and participated in the moments of Jesus' life, but they were willing to die for the story of Jesus' life. They were serious about their craft. Notice how Luke wrote in the Gospel of Luke. Many people have set out to write accounts about the events that have been fulfilled among us. They use the eyewitness reports circulating among us from the early disciples. And having carefully investigated, notice that, having carefully investigated everything from the beginning, 
I have also decided to write for you an accurate account. Now notice the word accurate. Notice the word investigated. I have also decided to write for you an accurate account so you can be certain of the truth of everything you were taught. If you have your Bible, underline that phrase, certain of the truth of everything you were taught. These eyewitnesses that I was just talking about, these were the footnotes in the Bible like we would have in our textbooks today or in our history books or biography books. Most all of my library, the books in it contain footnotes. Some of the best books that I enjoy reading, though, don't have any footnotes. They're novels. They're the Dr. Seuss books that I read for my children when they were younger. But serious histories and textbooks, they have footnotes in them. In other words, they're saying, just like a footnote, you can check this out. So a lot of times when I'm studying, I'll come across something and I'll look for a footnote and then I'll go and look in another reference book or I'll look online to check it out and to get the story. Sometimes when a story is so fantastic, quote, I will go check it out and then I'll save it just to have the documentation so I can document where I read this at or get a credible witness for it. And that's what Luke was doing with his gospel. He was gathering credible witnesses and he was footnoting and he was saying to us, you can check this out. Look at this next passage of Scripture. A passerby named Simon, who was from Cyrene, was coming in from the countryside just then, and the soldiers forced him to carry Jesus' cross. Simon was the father of Alexander and Rufus. Why did Mark, and, and remember, Mark was the first gospel. Mark is the only writer, by the way, to refer to Simon here. But being the first gospel and the oldest gospel, why did Mark include Simon in this? It's because Simon was a part of the story. It's because Simon was still alive. And it's because his sons are mentioned in the book of Acts. Luke will mention them in the book of Acts. saying, you can go talk to these folks. The first people who arrived at the tomb were women. And and you've got to remember before I read this next passage to you, those of you who worship with us regularly at Woodland, you know we've talked about this before. Women were not allowed to testify in court in those days. Women were not considered credible witnesses. But in the New Testament story, it's just one more way the Bible raises and elevates the position of women because women were the first eyewitnesses to the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So let's read this passage as well from the book of Luke chapter 24. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary, the mother of James, and several other women. Now get that, Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary, the mother of James, and several other women who told the apostles what had happened. But the story sounded like nonsense to the men, so they didn't believe it. The women says, Christ is risen. And the men said, that's fake news. All the way back in the Bible. The first account of fake news right there. But they were eyewitnesses to the story, and the men decided to check it out for themselves. The second thing I'd like you to see this morning is Easter changed everything. Easter changed history. Easter changed my life. It changes your life. It's changed the world for the better. As a matter of fact, if you would think with me for a moment, I'd like to call it this morning, Easter was the hinge moment of history. Easter divided time as we began to keep it and to record it. B.C. and 
A.D. We, we, we do this because of the birth and the death and the crucifixion and resurrection of our, of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So when you think about, <clears throat> when you think about with me, how that Easter changes everything, then you've just got to think for just a moment, Easter was a wow moment. I'd like you to think about some of the wow moments in your life. There was a wow moment for me when I climbed Iguazu Falls in South America. And I remember climbing that waterfall and and the spectacular sights that that a friend of mine and, and our Indian guide that helped us up the falls it was just spectacular when we got to the top of those waterfalls and looked around across the rainforest and the river and those spectacular falls there. I was reminded of that last night because a screensaver came up on our television of Iguazu Falls, and I remembered climbing that. I remember, see if you don't remember this, I remember when I got my first paycheck, the first paycheck I'd ever received in my life from Piggly Wiggly. That's a real place from Piggly Wiggly, and when I looked at my paycheck and I knew how much I earned an hour, and then when I saw how much the IRS and the state of Georgia had taken out of my paycheck, I went, wow. (laughs) I came home and I showed the stuff to my dad and I said, I didn't know they were going to take this much money out of my paycheck. And he said, son, it only gets worse from here. So that was a wow moment in my life. Suddenly it changed everything. It changed how much money I thought I could save, how much money I thought I could spend. It was a wow moment in my life. And what I've learned about life, and I'm sure you've learned about life, is not only do we have wow moments that are spectacular and wonderful and glorious, but we also have those wow moments where there are problems and challenges and a crisis like we're facing right now as a nation, as a world with this COVID-19 crisis. But there's something else that history teaches, the Bible teaches us, and that I have learned in my life, and that is wow moments keep coming and keep going. There are going to be more good moments, and there are going to be more bad moments. Problems are going to come, but blessings are going to come as well. And I'm telling you, that is the one thing I'm leaning into on this Easter morning, this hinge moment in history and time that there will be more problems to come, but there will be more of God's favor, there will be more of God's grace, there will be more of God's blessings, and He has made us more than overcomers through Christ Jesus. Life and death are going to continue to happen. Just like when they placed our first son in our arms and we looked at him and those same wow moments with every one of our four children as they came along. And yet, this week, I have been praying with folks who have loved ones who are dying. I've been praying with folks whose elderly parents have passed away, and they can't be there with them at this moment. And it's a wow moment for them. It's, It's never how they dreamed they would bury their loved ones. It's never how they dreamed that they would bury their parents. But I've had these wow moments as well when we've had friends who have recovered from the COVID-19 virus and they've been dismissed from the hospital in Europe and they've been dismissed from the hospital here in the United States and we, we give God thanks for that and we go, wow, God is so good. Jesus is the reason that we have these wow moments. He's alive, He's living, and He's present and He's here with us today. You see, one of the things that Easter teaches me is that God is real. And that God is not only real, but God is loving 
and God is caring, and God is compassionate. If God sees and knows every sparrow that falls to the ground, if God knows every hair that's in your head, how much more does God know and care about every single detail of our life? Jesus' life teaches us that God is infinitely good. Jesus' life teaches us that God is infinitely caring and infinitely compassionate. But Jesus' life is teaching us that God will go to any length to bless you and to take care of you. But this amazing movement, I think we take this for granted, this amazing movement almost died. Now stop and think with me for just a moment. This movement that we call Christianity, this this. This organism, not an organization, but this organism, this living body of Christ that we're a part of called the church. On Friday, Jesus died, the Friday we call Good Friday. On Saturday, despair set in because his body lay in a grave guarded by Roman soldiers. On Saturday, it looked like the movement that Jesus started was short-lived and it died. But on Sunday, on Easter morning, Everything changed. Everything changed. Who's ever heard of a movement like this being born in a day? Who's ever heard of something happening so spectacularly and powerful that Christ rose from the dead? And not only were the eyewitnesses willing to testify about this, they were ready to die for it. As a matter of fact, they did die. They did give their lives to testify to you and I that Christ indeed is risen from the dead. Look with me at Matthew chapter 28 and verse 9. When those women saw Jesus or when they ran from the tomb because they had heard the angel's message, listen to what the Bible says. The women ran quickly from the tomb. And they were very frightened, but they were also filled with great joy. And they rushed to give the disciples the angel's message. And as they went, Jesus met them and greeted them. And they ran to him and they grasped his feet and worshiped him. On Friday, he was a failed Messiah. On Friday, he was crucified. On Saturday, his body lay in a grave. But on Sunday morning, he is the master and the ruler of the universe. Christ has risen from the dead. Turn to somebody in your living room this morning and just say, wow, he's alive. He's risen indeed. He was worshipped. The way of Jesus had triumphed. His way of servanthood his way of humility, his way of self-sacrifice, his way of love, his way of kindness and goodness. Goodness had triumphed over evil. Christ had triumphed over sin, over death, over hell, and over the devil himself. Friends, I'm telling you, we don't have to live in fear because the same power You don't have to live in fear of the COVID crisis. You don't have to live in fear of death because the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead is the same power that can be at work in your life this morning. Let me say that again. It's the same power that can be at work in your life because of God's amazing love for you today. You see, Easter is also deeply personal. For me, it's very personal this morning. I think for the few men who are here helping me this morning, Easter is very personal to them. As passionate followers of Jesus Christ, I think Easter is very personal for you today 
because we've experienced not only the love and the life of Jesus, but we've experienced the power of God at work in our lives. Whatever is going on, going on in your life today. You see, one of the great wonders, one of the great wow moments of life is the birth of our children. That's just one of the great wow moments. As a pastor, I've, I've had the joy and the privilege of being invited so many times to the hospital when a baby is being born. I've had the privilege a couple of times to, to go back and to pray with the mother just before she gives birth. And then trust me, it would be a wow moment if I stayed any longer because my knees get wobbly and I, I mushered out of there pretty quickly after I pray. But those wow moments of birth. But you see, there's another wow moment too that's coming for all of us. And that's wow moments that you and I all have had when someone we love Someone that we care for has died. And we look at that body that we held and that held us. We look at those hands that we had shook or that, that neck we had hugged. And we remember those words. We, our minds play back a history of movies and experiences. And we go, wow. You see, Easter is deeply personal. Because it's not only the wow of birth, it's the wow of what happens when life comes to an end. And the Bible talks a lot about this. In Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 27, follow along with me this morning. And just as each person is destined to die once, and after that comes the judgment. Now notice that, each of us are going to die, and after that comes judgment. So also Christ was offered once for all time. As a sacrifice to take away the sins of many people, no more sacrifice is necessary, no more sacrifice of animals, no more of those things that God had prescribed for people to atone for their sins for. Christ's sacrifice atoned for that. Jesus was offered once for all time as a sacrifice to take away the sins of many people. He will come again not to deal with our sins, but to bring salvation. That's deliverance, that's healing, that's forgiveness. Let me say it again. Salvation, that's deliverance, that's healing, and that's forgiveness to all who are eagerly waiting for Him. Family, the biggest wow of your life is still yet to come. And when I think about that, it changes my perspective, not only on my death, but it changes my perspective on all of those that I've loved and cared for who have died. I've had the unique joy and the privilege of being with people in those final moments of their life. And even right now, as I'm talking to you, I can see their faces. I remember those last conversations. I remember words like this, Pastor, the next time we see each other, it will be in heaven. Or, Pastor, I'm going to sleep now, but I'll see you in heaven. Pastor, I'm so grateful for Jesus. Pastor, and some of them with their eyes closed, they lift up out of a bed and lift their hands and and I think God allows the heavens to be open and they see the Lord and to watch them pass away in peace. Oh, beloved, the biggest wow moment of your life is still yet to come. The Bible says that God created us out of the dust of this earth and these bodies are going to return to the dust one day, but there's going to be a resurrection. You know, I think we've all heard that story, but it kind of bears repeating this morning. A little boy came to his mother 
and said, Mom, is it true that God created us out of the dust? And she said, yes. Why do you ask? And he said, well, I, I looked under my bed this morning. He said, there's either someone coming or someone going. And that's the truth of the matter. All of us are either coming into this world or we're going out of this world. But that moment will come. And friends, either you will see God or you won't see God. Either you will see Christ and you will see those who have died and gone before you in heaven and you will go, wow, I'm really here. And I really believe that when I get there, I'm still going to be surprised and you're going to be surprised. We're going to look around and go, wow, we made it. We're here by the grace of God. And we're going to see those who have died and gone before us. And there's going to be, wow, in our lives as we think about that. But if you die without Christ, if you die without having given your life to Jesus Christ, then that's going to be a big wow moment in your life as well. When you go, wow, it was true, and I chose not to believe it, and I chose to ignore it. Friends, God doesn't want anybody to face anything like that. That's the reason that Good Friday happened, that Christ was sent to die for your sins and die for my sins. That's why he rose again from the dead, having conquered death, the devil, and sin for you and me. And what Jesus does on Easter is simply offer you his grace, he offers you his love, and he offers you his forgiveness today because he loves you. And so right now, I just want you, as a family, if you're with your family, I want you to say, wow. But this time, I really want you to say it thoughtfully. Remember when we took communion just a few moments ago? I want you to say it thoughtfully. I want you to think of forgiveness, salvation, deliverance, healing, God's peace, and God's love, and the fact that you have a place in heaven. And would you say for just a moment, wow. I can almost hear you saying that in your homes this morning. You see, that moment will come for all of us. Jesus is risen. And what Jesus does this morning is he offers you life that is deeply personal. I mean, it's not religion. It's deeply personal life. Christ who is your life, Colossians chapter 3 and verse 4. And friends, once you give your life to Jesus, you can live a life with great expectations in your life. I mean, it's not the same old, same old. It's not a, a drudgery. It's not a, a same old treadmill. Look at this passage of Scripture with me from 1 Peter chapter 1. God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Now we live with great expectation. Look at that, great expectation. And we have a priceless inheritance, an inheritance that's kept in heaven for you, pure and undefiled, beyond the reach of change and decay. One more. God who raised Jesus from the dead moves into your life. God takes up residence. He makes his home in your life. He'll do the same thing in you that he did in Jesus, bringing you alive to himself. When God lives and breathes in you, and he does as surely as he did in Jesus, you are delivered from that dead life with his spirit living in you. Your body will be as alive as Christ. Hallelujah. Can you say it one more time? Wow. I mean, it's not every morning, but almost every single morning when I wake up, 
before I even get out of that bed, I just think, wow, Jesus, what do you have in store for me today? Because I find out I plan my weeks, I plan my days very carefully. But it seems like every day there's a wow moment that comes into my life that changes my plan. Uh, One of my professors called those kairos moments. They're moments that God plans for us. And you just go, wow, you can live with great expectation. So I'm going to invite you. Would you pray with me right now? Maybe you on this Easter morning, you have tuned in. You've been invited to, to watch and join along this morning. But would you just simply pray this with me right now and ask Jesus Christ into your life and to forgive you of your sins. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I just want to say to you, thank you. Thank you for dying for my sins. But thank you that God raised you again on the third day, on this Easter morning. And I confess you as my Lord and my Savior. I bow before you, Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And I worship you as Master and Lord of the universe. And as much as I know how, I give my life to you in Christ's name. Amen and amen. You know, if you prayed that prayer, there's one more thing I want to share with you. Not only did God forgive you of all your sins, but here's one more wow factor for all of us. Not only those of you who just prayed, but for every single one of us. God is going to use us as a channel of His grace. God is going to use us as a conduit of His good news. God is going to use you as a messenger of hope and love and healing Wherever you go, you'll bring inspiration. You'll bring encouragement. If you will allow Jesus to be the Lord of your life, He lives in you. He breathes in you. The very same thing that Jesus brought into other people's lives, you'll be able to bring that same message of hope and good news. If you prayed with me this morning, I hope that you will email me. Just write this down. It's real easy to remember. Office at woodland.church. And I promise you, Tomorrow, we're going to send you something to help you get started in your new walk with Jesus Christ. If you need a Bible, we'll send you a Bible uh, with helps to help you learn more about the decision you just made for Christ. If you'd like a call, just include your contact information in that email. Someone from our church will be happy to call you. And I promise you, I promise you, I will personally be praying for you tomorrow and lifting your name up to the Lord. So please, Let us know either here on Facebook or YouTube or send us an email at office at woodland.church. I'd love to have personal contact with you and to let you know how much Jesus Christ loves you. And to our church family, can I say to you, thank you so much for your faithfulness with your gifts, your tithes, and your offerings, what you have done to help us continue to minister. So far, the ministries of the church have not slowed down. And my prayer is that the blessings of God and the grace of God will continue to rest upon you as you put Him first with your finances. And so today, if you will take the app and if you will just check in with the app, the Woodland Church app, if you don't have it, go to Google or the um, Android store, I think I should say, and then the Apple store and download Look for Woodland Church Mobile and download our app. Fill out your communication card. If you have a prayer request, let us know about that. You can give on the app, but let's stay faithful today. Friends, something good is happening. I just want to encourage you. Something really good is happening. 
I'm hearing from people all across the country and even from other nations who have written or made contact about what's happening with this live stream. We're hearing from people in our community that have been touched. So thank you for being a part of the family of God here at Woodland Church. I love you. God bless you. Have a happy Easter. And remember, wow.